Well, a very Merry Christmas to each one of you this morning from my heart to your hearts. It's a joy to be with you here and to reflect on one of the central events of our faith, God coming to be with us in Jesus, the Incarnation. Let's pray together. Dear God, this morning we praise you, we thank you that your love came down and toward us at Christmas. That in Jesus, love to the loveless was shown that we might lovely be. We thank you. Amen. Some of my earliest childhood memories go back to celebrating Christmas on the Friesen family farm near Mountain Lake, Minnesota. Grandpa and Grandma Friesen would had a tradition of giving all of us grandchildren a brand new set of clothes every Christmas. And uh, the tradition was that we would all run to another room, put on our new Christmas tree, or put in... <laughs> yeah, my outfit was a Christmas tree. We'd put on our new uh, outfits and go in front of the Christmas tree for a, a family photo. And there we would be, we have these wonderful photos of all of us grandchildren in our polyester finery, (laughs) right? It was the late 60s, early 70s, after all. And I don't think they're there, but or they're here, but in my mind's eye, I'm standing in front of the Christmas tree looking over at a very dashing-looking couple sitting there, newlywed, on the couch, my aunt and uncle, Barry and Sharon Friesen. They were one good-looking, fashionable couple. Did you notice this morning how clothing figures prominently in two of our three readings this morning? Samuel's little robe. Did you notice that? His little robe. And then, of course, Paul calls us to clothe ourselves with the love of Christ. In fact, in the New Testament, putting on new clothing, putting on new threads, is a crucial way of describing our lifelong journey of Christian formation and transformation. Galatians 3.14 tells us to clothe ourselves with Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? Romans 13.14 puts it even more emphatically. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Get dressed. Get dressed. And so here at the end of December, at the end of 2015... How wonderful for us to ponder what we're all going to be wearing 
in 2016. But before we look at our own wardrobes, let's look first at the clothing of Samuel and Jesus. In our first Samuel reading, two different pieces of clothing are mentioned. The first is a linen ephod that the young boy Samuel is wearing. An ephod is a priestly robe and serves as a symbol of Samuel's being set apart in the Shiloh temple to serve God with the priest Eli. The second mention of clothing is much more tender. Remember that Samuel, who will later anoint David and King, David and Saul as kings, is still only just a boy, a wee one. And every year, his mother Hannah lovingly sews a new robe for her growing son. Isn't that beautiful? This is needed, as verse 26 tells us, because Samuel is continuously growing both in stature and in favor with the Lord and with the people. You may have noticed that our Luke reading closes with almost the same words about the 12-year-old Jesus. Did you notice that? Verse 52 Jesus, too, is increasing in wisdom, in stature, in divine and human favor. Now, clearly, this 12-year-old Jesus is no ordinary child. His understanding and his answers amaze the people in the temple wherein he visits there with his family. But yet, notice what Jesus is doing in the temple in this story. Verse 46, notice the two verbs. He is listening and he is asking as he sits with the teachers of the temple. Eighteen years before Jesus begins his ministry, we catch this beautiful glimpse of Jesus learning, questioning, developing, and growing. Growing. What a wonderful example for all of us to emulate and to follow. While while we find no reference to what Jesus is wearing in this story, it's quite possible to tell the whole story of his life through clothing. At his birth, his humble origins are highlighted by his being wrapped in bands of cloth. In his ministry, healing flows out of the hem of the edge of his robe to a hemorrhaging woman. 
On the mountain of transfiguration, God calls Jesus his beloved son and the clothes of Jesus suddenly become dazzling white. On the cross, we feel our Lord's utter vulnerability as he is stripped and his clothing is gambled away. And linen wrappings rolled up in an empty tomb are a sign of our Lord's resurrection. The whole story of Jesus in clothing. And dear friends, how might we express the deep mystery of Christmas in clothing? Well, that Jesus is born in Bethlehem. In Jesus born at Bethlehem, God has put on the clothes of our humanity so that we might clothe ourselves with God. Love to the loveless shown that we might lovely be. In a sabbatical that my family spent in Greece around a decade ago, I became quite fascinated with icons. And in order to express the mystery of Jesus' life, I soon began to notice that Jesus was always clothed, first of all, with an undergarment of red, a red robe. And people later explained this to me, that this is symbolic of his divinity. But outside, and once you're onto this, you see that every icon of Jesus almost looks the same. Outside, he is clothed with a blue robe. It looks rather black now after seven centuries. And the blue robe symbolizes Jesus being clothed with our humanity. So in a simple painting, we have here his divinity and his humanity painted for us. You know, whole libraries have been filled with scholars and commentators talking about this mystery. But the great gift to us of artists is that they can express these in one beautiful painting. In Jesus, God has put on the clothes of our humanity so that we might clothe ourselves with God, so that we might become participants in the life of God. Friends, wouldn't it be fascinating, perhaps during our sharing time today, we don't have time, but It would be wonderful to hear each of us tell the stories of our lives through clothing. Wouldn't that be quite interesting? (laughs) Maybe quite embarrassing. 
You know, I've never talked about clothing and faith so much until I came here to Lancaster. Clothing is, very, is a very important expression of our faith and how we live in this world. And I've heard many clothing stories from you about cape dresses and plain coats and hem wines and sleeve lengths. Amen? Some of you put on a tie, and that was, had huge symbolism, didn't it? About your, as a person of faith, entering into the world. Well, interestingly, I took my tie off. <laughs> These things are funny, aren't they? I took my tie off back in 2009 during a time of deep spiritual crisis and transformation. It helped me to clarify who I was and whose I was and what my ministry was going to be about in the years to come. Now, many of my own clothing stories are much less serious and much more ludicrous. My family will tell you that I have a special gift for buying pants that are way too tight, coats that are the wrong color, and shirts whose sleeves are too long. And I did the long sleeves bit just yesterday. Not on this shirt. As my daughter loves to tell me, if the city, if Lancaster City had fashion police, you would be arrested. (laughs) I would be busted. My long record of fashion incompetence has turned me into an incredibly indecisive shopper. I've been known to spend two hours agonizing in the dressing room. Ever done that? Finally, finally making a choice, only in the checkout line to lose my nerve. And if it weren't for cell phone calls with Danette, coaxing me to the cash register, I'd probably always come home empty-handed. Now, to reduce the margin of my ineptitude, I've adopted a very special shopping strategy. I keep a careful list of clothes that fit me, and I stick with these brands and sizes forever. It works. For example, I've bought the same pair of blue jeans, the same Levi's brand, same waist, same inseam for 25 years. (laughs) No more angst in front of dressing room mirrors. No more clerks wondering about my sanity. No more hand-holding on the phone. I'm in and out of that store in 10 minutes. But dear friends, isn't there a powerful temptation to do the very same thing in our spiritual lives? To stick with the same old spiritual clothing year after year after year. To become settled souls. Settled souls who are no longer learning, no longer asking, no longer risking, no longer growing. 
In contrast, God desires for us constantly to be growing and like Hannah, to clothe us more and more with Christ and His love. And in the third chapter of Colossians today, Paul's fashion advice comes to us in two parts. Just before our reading today, he describes all the shabby rags of the old self that need to be stripped off. Verse 5, take off your lust and your greed, your hungry coveting of people and things. Verse 8, your old ways of talking have to go too. It's hasta la vista to gossiping, trash talking, and bad mouthing others. Verse 11, strip off your racist and your bigoted and your ethnic superiority. There's no longer Greek nor Jew, but Christ is now all and in all. Friends, what are you and I wearing today that needs to come off? Now that all of our rags are down there on the floor, Paul says that it's time for us to put on our new self in Christ and get dressed in His dazzling garments bearing the brand of Jesus. Verse 12, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, His humility, His gentleness, and His patience. Verse 15, 16, and 17, add gratitude to this list as well. You see, folks, here's the beautiful thing. The more you and I become like Jesus, the more we become who we really are. That's a great mystery. Kevin, the more you become like Jesus. Marlon, the more you become like Jesus. Mim, the more you become like Jesus. Annabelle and Kate, all of you, the more you become like Jesus. Jesus Cruz, where are you? The more you become like Jesus our Lord, the more we all become who we really are, the more we become the true people God created us to be. And don't miss verse 14. When you're not sure what to wear, then always put on Christ's love. It's clothing that never fades and never goes out of style. In taking off the old and putting on new clothing, Paul is playing with an image that's very easy for us to miss here in 2015. He is referencing the practice of baptism in the early church. You see, in baptism in the early church, women and men went to separate areas 
They took off all their clothes and they were baptized naked. And then they were raised out of the baptismal waters and clothed in a beautiful white robe to symbolize their new birth in Christ. That's what Paul is talking about here, referencing. And in the same way, God, just like Hannah, wants to fit all of us with brand new clothing as we move through life. Whether we're 12 or 22 or 52 or 72, our putting on of Christ and being clothed in his love never ends. It never ends. So friends, in a minute of silence now, let us ponder, what old clothing is the Holy Spirit asking us to take off? And what dazzling new garments are we being invited to put on for the new year? Compassion, kindness, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, or gratitude? You see, God's incarnation and enfleshment, which began in Jesus is now meant to continue through us. So dear friends, let's all get dressed because we may be, we just may be the only Jesus that some people ever meet. Amen.